and welcome back for summer classes right here at Lakers Fast Break University. It is the Dean of All University Studies for Lakers Fast Break University, Gerald Glassford, coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts, plus also as well, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Ox1947 today at LakersBall.com. Plus, he owns a great company, not only being a great faculty member and our most esteemed professor, He's also the man behind Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com, plus also as well our good friends, fellow faculty members, and individuals that are contributors to the Lakers Fast Break University, which include the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom. Go ahead and check him out today and hear his arguments on why the Lakers should go ahead and trade for Christian Wood. You can find that out today at Lakerholics.com. You can also see our good friend and esteemed colleague, Jamie Sweet, and why he opposes that. And you can check that out today at Lakerholics.com. Plus our good friend, Stone Hansen. You can check out his thoughts on the NBA Draft at Upside Swings, NBA Draft Podcast. Also as well, John McCann. He has lost 50 pounds, and he's got 80 more to go. He's working out hard. He's on the basketball court. He's really uh, d- done a lot of great things. So go ahead and check out his progress and some great conversations today on the John McCallion channel on YouTube. If you can go ahead and do all that, plus give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Plus also as well, like, follow, share, subscribe today. The esteemed faculty member himself, Joe Soro. You can see his logo at the bottom right-hand corner. Go ahead and click that magical subscribe button today to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. And if you could do, it is most sincerely appreciated. And welcome once again to Summer Classes right here. I'm going to go ahead and have a special summer session for some folks that are behind on their studies or want to catch up, or in some cases, you go to summer school to get ahead. So we're going to go ahead and have a class. Well, some magic man, some, you know, my daughters, for instance, are taking summer courses just because of that. That's why they just want to get ahead. More credits, more credits, about more credits. So I will tell you that today's summer course is on the summer league itself. And the summer league just concluded with the Cleveland Cavaliers holding high the summer league trophy. Right there, Isaiah Mobley from the University of Southern California, who I had spoken highly of in last year's draft leading up to it, actually won the MVP, outstanding performance, 28 points, 11 rebounds. He was rated the number one overall player in Summer League as far as the ratings, which you can find on yahoo.com. I looked at that the other day and saw the good ratings there. The Lakers had several in the top 100, so that was encouraging to see. Also as well, want to go ahead and mention Cam Whitmore, a favorite of Joe and mine that we're going to be observing throughout. He was named the tournament MVP for his great work in, even though it was in the losing cause for in Houston, he actually did such a great job over the course of the games that he played. He was named the tournament MVP. Will that bode well for his long-term future? We'll wait and see, but is the Cleveland Cavaliers roster the best summer league roster ever? Well, when you look back on it, it's a pretty good roster. But when you look back on it, there was one roster that was substantially and notably better by the number of contributing NBA players it had on this roster. And that will be, to me, what will be the defining item as far as which summer league team is best. And right now you'd have to put a finger on the 2017 Los Angeles Lakers, the champions of the 2017 summer league as the best team ever to come out of summer league. And we'll explain why on today's show, but today's class has started. Great to have you here. First up first man, indeed the professor himself of Simblades. And also LakersBall.com is Oxide T47. You've seen 
his outstanding graduation outfit. You've seen the Ox 1947 sash. You've seen everything that's gone on with this individual. So go ahead and take note. Get notes ready because here he is now. It is Professor Joe Storrow. And Professor, good to have you here, my friend. We're talking the 2017 Los Angeles Lakers. And I will give everybody a rundown who was on that roster, even the players that didn't pan out in the NBA. But there's not too many of them because this team was really darn good. Well, they, they should have been good. Uh, considering their draft that season, we drafted Lonzo Ball. And if Lonzo Ball didn't have injury issues, probably would have been a very, very good player. Uh, probably better than even what we thought, just because of his team play and, and, uh, and basketball IQ. We picked up Lonzo with the second overall pick. We picked up Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, and to top it off in the second round, Thomas Bryant. That's a pretty phenomenal draft. Every single player has been serviceable. Every player has even showed glimpses of kind of next-level talent. Uh, no one that's above, you know, all-star area, but pretty pretty darn good. Pretty darn good in terms of hitting on all four picks. So we went into summer league that that season, the most hyped summer league event that I could remember. I really never got into summer league up until that moment. I really, I, I just didn't really pay attention to it too much. Didn't really care. Um, <clears throat> I don't think it was marketed that much either. But Lonzo Ball brought a lot. Uh, that was that was really marketed because the Lakers they put billboards, they put advertisements. I can tell you locally that it was. Yes, uh, and that's that's the thing is marketing is everything in business, and when you market it, when you market something well and it has a little bit of a spark, it's it's that that that's the time when 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 you can kind of strike on that. And and the, after summer league, there was immense excitement about the Lakers coming up that season, and it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch Lonzo uh, come out the gate and be a guy that was was looking like a, a good number two pick. We didn't know, I didn't know much about Jason Tatum at the time. Markel Fultz was a scoring machine in, in, in college. However, I do remember thinking to myself, this is a guy that couldn't help uh, the Cougar, I'm sorry, not the Cougars, uh, the Huskies uh, compete while he was there. If this is the best player, I remember saying that about Ben Simmons at LSU. And the excuse was, well, these guys don't really care about college and, they're just trying to get drafted. I said, yeah, but that 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 that's an integral part of leadership. You're talking about the first overall pick. And you're talking about, at least with Ben Simmons, you were talking about a guy that was a distributor. If this guy's not able to win in college, how is he going to win in the pros? Markel Fultz was a, a guy who could score. I we've seen that before. Couldn't figure out why this guy couldn't win there either. So anyways, it was... Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, and Jason Tatum, one, two, three. And not a bad draft in general. Looking back on it, you had De'Aaron Fox. You had Laurie Markkinen. Um, and uh, Donovan Mitchell, late. Bam Adebayo, late. Malik Monk. Uh, who else was it? Jared Allen. You had a pretty good uh, pretty good draft there. Not the – I wouldn't put it on the, the high-end draft years, but pretty pretty good players. And going into that summer league was the most hyped I've ever seen it. I did get sucked into it, and we were not disappointed as Laker fans. There was a lot of hope in the future. There was two draft picks that we had had previous with Julius Randle and Brandon Ingram. And, I mean, what, what can you say? You're, you're, the Lakers, if, if, I, if I had a chance to have a time machine, and I could just say, just because it's easy to do it now, uh, let's just see how these guys develop. Let's just see how these guys develop. Would have would have been curious to see how this team would have turned out. They had a lot of talent. First, second, uh, Zubach, Thomas Bryant, Lonzo, Ingram, Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson. How would that team have come about if you had just stuck with it? And that's that's 
That's a question we'll never we'll never be able to answer. Once again, it is Lakers Fast Break University for Lakers History 101. Thanks so much for joining us. Truly appreciate it. It is a discussion and a class summer school for the 2017 champions of Summer League, the Los Angeles Lakers, and also here today, good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out today whenever he's here. He's the madman from Toronto. He's also just got out of Toronto traffic to attend class today. He is instructing the summer school students and trying to give them the knowledge that they deserve here at Lakers Fast Break University. It is the magic man, Professor Sean Grice. And welcome, Professor. Good to have you back uh, attending studies here at Lakers Fast Break University. I do want to go ahead and elaborate more on what Joe was talking about, and I'll lead it to you, my friend. And that is with the hype of where Lonzo Ball was drafted. His and the fact that the Los Angeles market is so close to Las Vegas, they fed into it here as far as summer league billboards with Lonzo Ball's, uh, you know, just playing, you know, his, his picture posted everywhere, media commercials, there was stuff posted all over as far as the hype is concerned. And it paid off because attendance, which was steadily growing over the course of several years here in Las Vegas, from the times I knew Summer League originally, where you could just literally just walk in, go in, just buy your whatever, a, a low price ticket under around $10 or less, go in, go to any of the games, sit right down on the other side of the aisle with uh, the where Jerry West or any of the other major GMs of the time where we're watching what's going on. And it evolved into the event that you see today. But I really think the cornerstone or the watershed moment for the Summer League was 2017 because fans from all over California, Southern California, drove, flew, and flocked to Las Vegas for Summer League. And it was just very interesting to see how that all panned out, my friend. Your thoughts on how you observed it, because this was even before the Kawhi trade to the Clippers that really ignited as far as everything around NBA. I know that was a watershed year, plus also as well when the earthquake happened on, on television there was during a live game. But 2017, for a fan standpoint, a Lakers fan standpoint, was a monumental year. Again, because of the, the great depth that the Lakers had, but also the, the excitement that was generated and the buzz that was surrounding this team a hundred percent true drilled and um thank you for uh framing the question like that because it, it is really cool when you look at it from thirty thousand feet gerald's correct that it was really the first summer league that that brought a uh, uh, sort of um uh nba migration from all uh 30 uh locations and um, it, soon after, it, uh, it, you know, it almost went global, really, um, Summer League now. But that, Gerald's correct, 2017 was the first year it kind of really took off where it became uh, a hot ticket. Um, tickets were hard to come by this year, for gosh sakes. I mean, it, it's... It for the first three days. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it says a lot from, from where they started. But you're right, Gerald, that was... That was kind of like the like the summer of '69 for Lakers fans and hope was the uh, 2017 summer league. Um, a lot, a lot of buzz around them. Um, Brandon Ingram's coming off uh, a really good, strong second half from his rookie year, so you're trying to, uh, as Joe was saying, uh, bring in Lonzo, Josh Hart, and. Um, and and uh, a bunch of other young guns that uh, you know at the time we're we're thinking, wow, a lot of these guys are green around the ears. And now, today, when you look back, almost every player on that roster, excluding Alec Brown, has played in the NBA for more than a cup of coffee. There are a handful of rotation players in the NBA from. No, from, I was just uh, yeah, from the, that there was roster. a late student to class. We were, yeah. and I was just notifying that Professor Soro has the ruler out. Oh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Right. 
All right, we'll forgive you, Condor. Just take your seat. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And um you know the the hand filled of role players now from from that uh team drilled. You have uh an uh, NBA improved player, you have all NBA players, you have uh one, two, three, four players who have made over a hundred million dollars in the NBA. That's not by accident. That and it wasn't because somehow the Lakers didn't develop these guys and they went on to other situations and then flourished. No, they, the, the cake was baked uh, in LA with a lot of these guys and uh, other teams have seen th- the actual fruits from that uh, development. But Gerald, it was an incredible, incredible hype team. This is Raphael from NBA draft And you are listening to the Lakers fast break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know. Condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that, and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. I will say this, though, Magic Man, uh, when it comes to what the atmosphere was like, because I did attend games there, it was outstanding to see. And I remember uh, Kyle Kuzma, after his first game playing as the Los Angeles Lakers, had a really good game. Nobody knew who he was nope. yet. I, I could see right outside as far as the, where, you know, they were playing in the concourse area after the game was done, he was asked to sign autographs because they did that for random players. They even did it this year as far as having random players, not the big stars or anything like that at that time, you know, even then now uh, it, he wasn't a big star, of course, but you can just see the line was growing so long. My Wife and kids were like, maybe you should go. Well, then they saw the line was going to be about a half hour long. Like, nah, I don't think we're going to go ahead and get an autograph. Little did they know that Kyle Kuzma was going to be something uh, pretty good here in the league as well. Uh, And then, Joe, I will say, though, when it comes to the league itself, they really started to embrace it more and more. We had just seen, I think, around that time, I don't know how many years before, but it just happened where all the teams – we're finally committing to the summer league. This is something that had not happened before uh, until just before the 2017 season, where all 30 teams were finally committing to the summer league and what it could bring. Some of them were just doing their own thing, whether it was like the Utah or the California classic, they were all finally committing to one central place in time in summer league here in Las Vegas. It was in preparation for the, Las Vegas area to get a little bit more movement with the NBA so that they have uh, a better chance at expanding in Las Vegas. I think that played a part. It also plays a part in marketing. You want to market your, your league every day, even in the off season. And the NBA has for a very long time owned the off season, the own, own the off season better than any sport. Other than baseball, to some degree, but still, the NBA kind of trou- it just trounces baseball just because it's 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 hot and heavy. You know, it's it starts July one, and and then you're just all you're hearing is who's coming, who's coming, who's coming, who's going, who's going for for like three or four days. Where in baseball, you'll get one signing in December, and then <laughs> no one will sign until a February after that. So the NBA has has mastered that that marketing in terms of the the off season and the summer, and summer league has come up in the last five to six years with that. And for us uh, doing a show like this, it, it does it helps it helps us keep uh, our, our focus onto the game. We get to know exactly what's going on with the team a little bit more, what what the team is looking at, what to critique, what to 
be excited about. And it might have played a lot of, it might've played into the fact that, that a lot of these guys that have picked that are picked late in the rounds and non-drafted players, it might be that, that source that's helped them get to training camp and get to the, to the NBA season. And actually it helps them. It helps the, that, that there's a little bit more focus during the summer to hone in on those skills. So just another, it's a pre-training camp process and there's competition. So they're playing hard. They're focused on it. It's not actually, I think summer league has played harder than training camp in some degrees because most of the people in training camp have already made the team likely going to make the team with a, with the exception of maybe one that might surprise and make the team, which is, kind of rare but it happens here you have players from all different backgrounds trying to fight for a training camp invite or at the very least euro league in in some cases for these players as well because there are euro league scouts australian league scouts all over the world checking these guys out just to make sure that they might be able to go ahead if they don't that they fall through the cracks in the nba that they'll get a chance somewhere else which we'll discuss here in a minute as far as some of the players on this team but Sean, a great question was posted by Alice. Uh, and what I wanted to go ahead and ask you is this, when it comes to, and Joe might know this, back in the day when Kobe was at Summer League, I, was that at Loyola Marymount, if I'm not mistaken, at that time? I believe was so, Long yes. State? Was it Long, yeah, was it the Long Pyramid or Loyola Marymount? I think was it was Long Beach. Yeah, it was Long Beach. Long Beach. Okay, yeah. uh, back in the day. And it was still kind of haphazard. Wasn't many teams involved. Uh, they didn't keep too many. I don't know if they kept what kind of the records that they no. kept on. It was just, it was not the same animal it was today. But great question by Alice as far as that's concerned. And I want to make sure that she was noted on that. But I will say, though, when it comes to the Lakers of 2017, though, the hype was all about Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball. And that got everybody excited here in town. It got everybody excited coming from the West Coast coming from SoCal, coming from all over to migrate to, to, to the Thomas and Mack and the Cox Pavilion for the series of games. But the thing is, this team, with so many different names on the roster, from Josh Hart to Kyle Kuzma to Ivica Zubats to so much more, which we'll go into, it is so great to see that it wasn't just about Lonzo Ball anymore. Brandon Ingram as well. Yes, absolutely, Gerald. As tradition goes, and it, it started before 20, 2017, uh, more around 14, 14, 15. But the tradition is normally if uh, if your second year player coming into summer league uh, has really matured and progressed, um, they should only play maybe one or two games. They should be the best player on the floor. They should be able to dominate the pace of play and show that they're superior to everybody else on the floor. Now, this year, obviously, Gerald, there were a couple there were a couple guys in that category. Keegan Murray, uh, Jabari Smith Jr. really um, showed their stripes. Uh, in 2017, it was Brandon Ingram, Gerald. He scored 26 points, uh, was the most dominant player on the floor, and never played again because the Lakers had seen enough. Well, Magic had seen enough at that point. Magic had seen enough. I stay yes. correct. Yes. Yes. Magic had was seen. Was that enough. the one where the live, where where was you know where was the where was there where was the game was it was it 2017 2018 where he actually was out there on you know watching on the floor and just said that's enough. I that's think enough. so. Yeah. He said. He said. Yeah. He did that. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. That's the one. That's yeah. the one. Go ahead, Joe. You know, I, I you guys know I love Magic. Love Magic greatly, but boy, was he terrible as an executive! <laughs> you can't, you can't do that, guys. You did. Did you see Jerry West doing stuff like that? Did you see Doctor Bus doing stuff like that? Uh, Mitch Kupchak, come on! Uh, and that's part of why he had to step down. Magic wants to be Magic, but that position says you you need to be an executive, not a fan, not a not Magic guiding the 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 team on the court magic can't help but guide on a court because he was the greatest guider in team sports in any sport if you if you if you really put it all together the greatest athlete on a team i think ever because he could make anything work and 
it, it's in, it, it's interesting. I I think back at that time, and we were coming off Kobe's twenty year run, and we were looking for something, right? We were looking for the next thing. The time before before the Shaq and Kobe era, I remember there was this crew of of misfits to some degree, especially guys like Nick Van Exel and Sedel Threet and Eldon Campbell and Vladi Divac and Terry Teagle. And I was thinking to myself, there's there's this kind of uh, redux of that to some degree where, hey, are we going to get that mid-90s team now in transition? And I remember being excited, right? Because, hey, let's see how, you know, how that kind of plays out. But then I also remembered knowing that we had no shot at winning a championship at that time. They were just that middle tier team that had a few amazing games, took the San Antonio Spurs to six games at the height of David Robinson's time. You beat the Sonics in the first round, surprisingly, but then you got waxed later by you know, teams like Houston in 96 when Magic came back. And then, of course, Utah beating us pretty pretty badly in 97 and 98. And at the end of the day, it's nice to think back at that time and say, oh, I would have liked to have seen what might have happened. But the reality is you can't take that risk. If you have the chance at getting <laughs> – I, I don't even think you can say LeBron James is an all-time great. He's an all-time, all-time great possibly the greatest, right? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you get the greatest talent went on in this era. You 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 have to kind of scrap the, the feel-good thing, which is what that team would have been. And we at least got entertained that summer. And I can say that that's where the roots grew in summer league for me, at least for me. I was entrenched in it. I was recording those games i had never even known the schedules before that season now i'm recording it now i'm watching the replay i wasn't doing a show like this i wasn't analyzing it was just the fan watching seeing lonzo ball playing well and really really hoping that the hype wasn't bs because of his dad and it looked like it wasn't it looked like it was going going the right the right way unfortunately it didn't end too well but it did get us ultimately what we needed, which is Anthony Davis. So he did serve a purpose. Brandon Ingram coming did serve a purpose. They got us Anthony Davis, and I'll take that 10 out of 10 times. But Kuzma, you know, scores 30, gets 10 rebounds in that championship game. I actually thought Kyle Kuzma would be that next Laker. Not a Kobe. I know some people were delusional. Oh, he might be the next. No, guys, come on. Uh, but I, I was saddened that he couldn't, he couldn't be a Richard Lewis. That's really what he looked like to me. Richard Lewis was the, one of those guys that he wasn't a mega star, but man, he was good. And I wanted him to be that in LA. It's just, he just could not make open shots towards the end. We still want a championship from 2020, but if he had just, been able to at least hit his open shots, he'd still be a Laker right now for no doubt. Yeah, the, the, that's a write-off. You can't say Giambi would have won us the, the Summer League title because we already won it. So, <laughs> And how do you get hyped up for a Summer League title, right? I mean, do, do, do these guys, like, when when I saw the trophy uh, yesterday, it, 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 what's Cleveland going to do with that? Are they going to? Sit it next to the but, but you know 2016 Larry O'Brien. But you know something, Joe? It's it's kind of funny though, right? Like just what you said though, the the DNA from the championship that can't get there unless that 2017 team is intact. I mean that the the two guys that were left over from that squad that have rings, one was undrafted by the Lakers and picked up in Alex Caruso. The one guy they did keep was Kuzma. So uh, essentially, that that team, that team, that twenty-seven summer league team was uh, like a lot of the mitochondria, the mitochondrial from that championship team. Like a lot of the power plants came from that. The Lakers wouldn't have been 
able to acquire Anthony Davis if Brandon Ingram didn't finally break out and if Lonzo Ball wasn't a serviceable player and Josh Hart wasn't considered a the, like one of the Swiss Army knives of the NBA like the and the picks the Lakers gave up a lot a lot to get uh, Anthony Davis and a lot of what we gave up was from that 2017 Summer League Championship team I have, I have something to say about that. I never believed we gave up a lot, even then, because I I knew that. Lonzo when you think Ball about the the what we what we gave up on the roster plus the picks, it was a lot compared to what we shouldn't should have given up. We were Those, we, we were like um like I said like I'll I'll reiterate it again. I think David Griffin was the one who said we had all the leverage over the Lakers. Well, once again, it is Lakers Fast Break University with Lakers History 101. Some summer classes here. Thank you for attending. It was truly appreciated. We're talking the 2017 Summer League Champions, Los Angeles Lakers. Guys, I just wanted to go ahead. When you run down the names of the roster on that particular winning championship winning team, you'll notice Mm -hmm. all but one thing noticing on that. Lonzo Ball, Vander Blue, Alec Brown. Thomas Bryant, Alex Caruso, P.J. Dozier, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, David Nwaba, Matt Thomas, Travis Ware, Gabe York, and Ivica Zubats. Mm. You know the one thing right there outside of one individual? All of those players outside of one have played in the NBA. Gabe York came back to... After a long stint in Europe, actually played a total of five games in two years the past two seasons with Indiana. And once he did, he was the second to last individual to play the NBA on that team. Everybody else is either currently in the NBA or has played in the NBA with all except one exception. That is Alec Brown, the 7-1 center out of Green Bay, who's had an extensive career, which is still ongoing across Europe with several Mm -hmm. different teams. So even he has found financial and basketball success somewhere due to his play with the Lakers. But I will say, you guys all remember the Kyle Kuzma championship-winning performance in that 110-98 to victory over the Portland Trailblazers. But, Sean, who was second on that list that actually did play in the NBA, that actually did give us a great contribution and helped us win that title. That was Alex Caruso, Gerald. No, that is not correct. It was he did contribute, but that was not the second leading. You're talking scorer. about Kyle Kuzma. No, I'm actually talking about uh, Matt Thomas. Oh, okay, yes, Matt Thomas. Yeah, Matt he did. Thomas. Contri- he did contribute. He was a fairly decent shooter for that summer league team. Yes, he scored yeah. 23 points on 8 of 9 shooting in the title game mm-hmm. to give oh, okay. to help get the Lakers uh, Wow, all right. That's... 98 victory. So, yes. He was uh like I said, like you know, talked about having some great shooters on that team. We did have Travis Ware who played earlier on with the Knicks. Uh, he was an outside shooter galore. He also Played off and on with the G League South Bay Lakers, even up to recently as well. Gabe York, who I said played with Indiana most recently. Ivica Zubats, you know already, he's been a very, very solid center for the Clippers after having and showing much promise with the Lakers and being let go unjustly for Mike Muscala and a trade that I will never forgive Magic for doing. David Nawaba, who is still trying to find a place in the NBA, has started with that team as well. He was actually coming off his first season, so he was trying to connect with the team at that time, and he was part of that championship-winning team. Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, P.J. Dozier was a rookie on that team, Sean, and P.J. Dozier has gone into the league and played a, you know, a significant part for several teams since then. Alex Caruso, Thomas Bryant, again, I said Alec Brown, Vander Blue, who did have a cup of coffee with the Lakers, and then, of course, Lonzo Ball. So all in all, my friend, all but one of those players played in the NBA, which is a great achievement of success for any summer league team. 
Absolutely, Gerald. Um, you know, if you look at uh, a lot of the uh, Summer League champions, I'm guessing that 2017 Lakers uh, can boast that um, th- only one of our players never actually played uh, in an NBA game. Um, and Gerald, eight of those guys have played over 200 games in the NBA. I mean, for for a guy who didn't play that much on that team, David Nwaba's played almost 240 games in the NBA. That's a lot. Um, so for for you know it, it again the kind of the seeds of what they were what they were trying to grow obviously started in 2014 with uh, Julius Randle, but as we see, it it, it starts to bloom and show itself a little bit here in 2017. Um, and it, om- it it almost becomes springtime. You know, it's just about there. There were three years away from spring um, at the times, but we don't realize it. We're still watching these guys uh, in their early development. And, um, you know, like most, I mean, Alex Caruso's the one guy who um, really played like his life depended on it in that summer league drill. He obviously, like you said, he wasn't a huge contributor on uh, on the offensive side of the ball in that championship game, but his defense was stout um, throughout. I remember, I believe it was the third game, uh, Lonzo Ball had to sit out and uh, Alex Caruso started and he played at least uh, 25 to 30 minutes a, a game after that. Um, he, he didn't stop, Gerald. He didn't stop. Once the Lakers gave him the opportunity, um, that was it. The, the previous year, you know, it was interesting, Gerald. The previous year, he had found himself um, looking for a job out of uh, Texas A&M. And he gets a draft invite by the Philadelphia 76ers, but he doesn't impress them. So uh, they send him on his way and lo and behold, who uh, decides to bring him aboard Gerald Sam Presti of the Oklahoma city thunder. Presti signs Caruso uh, to the active roster. Unfortunately, he's, he's got to wave him. Uh, but that's where Polinka comes and strikes. He invites Caruso to the Lakers Summer League, and Alex never looks back. He stays a Laker for one, two, three, four, five seasons. Uh, would have been nice if if there were if there was more, but um, he contributed a lot, and it started with uh, with him never looking back, coming off the bench, replacing Lonzo Ball. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it is Lakers History 101. We are speaking about the 2017 Summer League champions and possibly... You know, looking at the statistics, looking at the careers of all the individuals involved, the best summer league team that's out there that's ever been, that's the 2017 Los Angeles Lakers. And Joe wanted to go ahead and touch on what Alice was asking for was, who is the coach of this team? And this was in the middle of the Luke Walton, let's get all my Arizona friends together, <laughs> and Miles Simon. But also, Judd Bushler, who is the one that actually guided this team to victory, he is a, probably of the individuals involved. I'm not going to say the most tragic of the story, but unfortunately, he was never able to find that kind of success coaching in the NBA. 
once again. It's difficult to coach in the NBA, even if you're good. You you have stars who don't really understand criticism very well. They will generally work on their games, but not to the extent where you wish they would. You look at somebody like Trey Young, who is known as a turnstile, but a shooter, a chucker. You have James Harden, who was touted as the greatest offensive weapon ever by Dunces' <laughs> Uh, as GM uh, Daryl Morey, I mean, come on, that's it's an insult to just common sense. And you, we know what results with James Harden has been. And it's not, it's not. See, there's a difference between players who don't win in titles, who who, who play well, versus players who don't play well and don't win titles. Do you understand the difference? Okay. You watch Jerry West kill himself and lose nine, what was it, eight, eight times until he won his ninth time. Okay. You look at guys like Dirk Nowitzki. I used to be, I used to just shake my head on why people would call Dirk Nowitzki a choker when he wouldn't win, uh, especially in, uh, what was it, 2007 when they were the one seed and lost to the eight seed Golden State Warriors. I go, Dirk always played well. Dirk played really well in the 2006 finals. Got called a choker. I'm like, dude, the guy was going basket for basket. or I'm sorry, basket for free throws against Dwayne Wade for a lot of those games. And would have likely won if they had just closed out a few minutes, especially in game three. Because they should have gone. They were up by 13 late in that game. Ended mm-hmm. up uh, getting backdoored in terms of the, the series. But there's a difference, guys. There's a difference. You look at somebody like Dan Marino. Dan Marino played very hard all his entire 17-year career. Didn't win a Super Bowl. Phillip Rivers played his rear end off. Didn't win a Super Bowl. And you look at guys that haven't won. Would you say that Chris Paul hasn't tried his best? Has he choked? Has he not shown up? You could probably argue either way on that one. But again, I I wanna I wanna say that when it comes to 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 coaching, especially in the NBA, and this is way before it was even a players league. So remember that. Before it was a quote unquote players league, which it's not necessarily ever been that. It's always been a players league, especially since Magic and Bird came on to the scene. Because if you're if you're gonna sit there and say that the NBA's Ascent came because I don't know. Uh, David Stern took over in 1984 and started marketing better. Okay, that played a part, but if you don't have Magic and Larry Bird, and then after that, Michael Jordan, you don't have any of this stuff. So it has always been a player's league, and it's very difficult for even a good coach to get a shot. And that's just that's just the nature of. Of, of NBA basketball, it's it's the it's uh, it's what the NFL right now is dealing with, with with running backs. No one wants to pay any running back more than a few million bucks because the NFL rules and the NFL offensive schemes have made running backs obsolete. Want to go ahead and make a couple of corrections before I turn it over to you, Sean. And that is, there was only 24 teams still participating at that point in time in 2017. It wouldn't come to about a year later uh, or, or before they would get all 30 teams to commit to the Summer League. And then also the Summer League was based in Utah. Las Vegas was the big one, but Orlando was still a major spot for Summer League at that time. I do want to go ahead and mention as well that the Lakers – heading into the playoffs were one and two they got off to a rocky start heading into the playoffs but reeled five straight wins to close it on out yeah they they started out one and two lonzo ball didn't play all the games yet uh he won the mvp drilled it's just when he played it it uh it showed um the game against Philly specifically, um, he had he had well, I think he had thirty five or thirty six points that game. Drew, correct me if I'm wrong. He was supposed to play against Markel Fultz, but of course, 
Marco Fultz was taken first in the draft, and the Philadelphia 76ers immediately told everybody that he would not be involved in Summer League whatsoever. So that game was kind of a dud uh, when it came to the whole hype of uh, Fultz versus Ball. Uh, the Lakers ended up winning that game. Um, and, you know, that was that was kind of Ball's signature game for that tournament, Gerald. Um, he was in his bag the whole night, got to the line. points against Philly and uh, in a one-point win for the Lakers. Yeah, he was in his bag all night that game. I remember he he was even hitting a couple of threes. 11 assists as well. Yeah, 11 assists. So, I mean, it, it, he was a marvel passer, um, and it showed in that summer league. He, he was in his bag of tricks, that's for sure. And that game was probably his most signature game where Lakers fans probably uh, deluded themselves into thinking, well, you know, he we saw him do it once. He if he can do this all the time, we'll be set. I'll tell you what though, Joe, we all thought that the second coming of Magic Johnson in many ways could be coming from Lonzo Ball. Again, the guy could rebound, he could he could pass, and he could score when he needed to, as we saw in that Philadelphia game. And if you looked throughout the Summer League, you just see that he led the team several times in both rebounds and assists, often getting into double ditches with assists. So your thoughts on what could have been with I, I wouldn't go as far as calling him the next Magic Johnson. I don't well he people were talking about it at that pe- time. I yeah, people were just not knowing of basketball at that point. He was never gonna be Magic Johnson. I I didn't really have a comp on him yet. Uh, he, he, his body language. I always thought he was a taller Jason kid. That's who I kind of comped him to. You could, you could, you could use that. You can use that. He played like Jason kid in the sense of he played really good defense and he obviously was a pass first type player. Uh, I just didn't think he had the inspiration to inspire. You, you kind of got that after a while. When you have someone that's the leader of a team, uh, the guy that handles the ball, the guy that's dictating the offense, you need someone that's a true leader. And I never really got that. You mean like authoritative, Rachel? Like you have like to demanding, have like demanding. You, in you have face. to have a, yes. You have to have an authority uh, at that position. But you also have to understand that when you look back in the last thirty years and, and see. The true definition of a point guard, a pass-first type point guard, you never saw those teams typically win. That's it. Just wasn't the case. Uh, what wins is the the lethal two guard or a center. If you look back from 1991 when Jordan won his first title to let's just say. Uh, say if we want to give it 20 years so let's say 2010 count how many times a true point guard won a championship during that time uh chauncey billups got finals mvp in 04 but he wasn't really a pass first type point guard uh even uh later in the in the in the uh this current decade or i should say this current century you had uh, Steph Curry. Would you consider him a true point guard? He's more of a hybrid point scoring guard. I mean, he's a scoring guard by every definition. He's a sniper. Yeah, so, he's a shooting. He's so, a shoot first point guard. So the, the 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 back and forth in my head of of Lonzo Ball was always he is a, he could play an integral part of a title team, but I never really believed he'd be the guy. And I didn't know enough about Markel Fultz other than what I saw when he was up in Washington. Wasn't impressed, really, even though I didn't watch many games, many Washington games, if hardly any. Jason Tatum came from Duke, and Duke tend to tend Duke players tended to be like USC quarterbacks. They're just they're just not as good in the pros. Grant Hill was great, but he never really had that level of of success because of injuries. So. I, you don't know. It's easy to go look back and say, oh, you know, this, this, and that. But we, I don't know. I, I never really was impressed 
to, to, to stardom in terms of Lonzo Ball. And, of course, Brandon Ingram, secondary, I'd say two or three guy on a, on a championship team at best. Julius Randle the same way. But, again, it would have been interesting to see how they developed. That's just because I, was, I would have been curious with it, see what could come of it. But the reality is this sport, man, this sport is about the megastars. It's attrition. It's the attrition sport as far as rosters are concerned. Yes. It's just that we are getting lucky now that we don't have to worry about picking top five picks to win it all. 2019 somewhat busted that a little bit, you know, even though there was injuries on the Golden State side. But the fact that Jokic was a second-round pick and pretty much owned this year was, was a very, very interesting ending. I, I just I don't we've never really seen it happen like that. And I'm hoping that the Lakers being such a good team and picking, you know, picking talent out in the late first and, and second rounds and even getting guys that have some value in, in, in the non-drafted market. Hey, is 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 Austin Reeves going to be that guy? Is he really gonna be an all-star? Oof. I'm 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 curious to see how that plays out. Well, I'll tell you what, though, it's been a great class so far, but with 10 minutes left in the class so far, it's been a great one indeed. But, Sean, before we head on out again, like I said, less than 10 minutes left. Your thoughts, though, on what the legacy is for this team? Again, a championship team, a team with all but one individual making an NBA roster at some point in time in their careers, all of them, you know, virtually playing a role in a rotation at some point in time or another your thoughts though on the legacy that this team has left behind it's a legacy of fun they were the most fun lakers summer league team we've ever seen and you know during that dark period of time in laker fandom we were all looking for just a glimmer just a glimpse of hope some light at the end of the tunnel and that summer league team, Gerald, was a whole lot of fun. That was that was kind of the first time in about two and a half years where, you know, I I I understood that you know what, they're still rebuilding, but this is fun. What they're the style that they're playing is fun. It's a it's a group full of alchemy and camaraderie. And they played that way. And it was fun watching Zubats, who we had never seen play before. And it was fun watching Alex Caruso, who we had never seen play before. And Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart. And watching uh, Brandon Ingram uh, mature. Uh, and not even play a role on the team that, that won the, the championship. Their legacy is one of fun and bringing hope back to Lakers fans because, as we've said at the beginning, Drilled, this is the deepest, most stacked summer league team that you're probably ever going to see. Just the happenstance behind it, um, the circumstances that uh, brought uh, guys like Alex Caruso, Travis Ware, Vander Blue, all those guys together. Like Gerald was saying, 13 out of those 14 players uh, make uh, an NBA roster and get their cup of coffee, at least in the NBA. And over half those guys play over 200 games, which is not insignificant at all. You can actually say, I played in the NBA if you played more. It's a deep legacy. It's, it's rich. It's a rich legacy as well. Two of those guys can always say that they they were able to watch it from the beginning and then hold up the uh, NBA championship as well. Um, both Kuzma and uh, Caruso can say that. Um, it's just, it was a great roster drill and it was so much fun and gave Lakers fans a lot to hope for. That it has indeed. Joe, any final thoughts on this amazing team that did such great things in the NBA, even winning a championship, at least on one occasion with Kyle Kuzma and, of course, Alex Caruso. Everything that this team has done as far as the pieces that were made to bring in, of course, Anthony Davis and obviously the legacy that all those individuals have left. But the most important thing is that it helped build Summer League to the event that it is today. Thank you for bringing us Anthony Davis. Goodbye.
Okay. Very succinct words by Professor Joe Soro. Also as well, Professor Magic Man, Sean Grice. Truly appreciate everyone in class today, but still a, a loaded roster nonetheless. Again, all but one of those individuals has seen time at NBA, which is absolutely rare, if not uh, unprecedented before in summer league history, and we have not seen it since. So a very deep roster, a roster full of NBA veterans. They came together. They were victorious and won the championship. It is simply a said the best championship team for summer league of all time i know that's not saying a whole lot but again the legacy now as summer league gets more and more important joe as summer league becomes more and more event you probably have to point to watershed moments like the 2017 lakers that's probably the one of the main reasons why summer league is as big as it is today sure it's always the lakers are always at the the heart of everything the Lakers are the NBA. The NBA are the Lakers. So it's important to understand that this this league's heartbeat is the Lakers. The Lakers go down. The NBA is the WNBA. Mississippi Dog says, I knew Brandon Ingram was going to be a star when I saw him play in the first game in the second summer league stint. Only other player I've seen improve much more is Max Christie. So Christie's going to be good. And that's the old adage in summer league. If you're a second-year player, you should dominate you should go out there and get good numbers because you are comfortable in that setting you've already had a year of training and working with the coaching staff and working within the confines of the nba you should be dominant over the fresh brand new faces of the rookies that were there summer league so brandon ingram showed us that he could actually take that next step and that he could actually become a good player in the NBA. I was never his game has never been a game that I've enjoyed. I'll be honest. Uh, he's he's a he's a productive player, but his game, his demeanor never never gave me any any hope that he would ascend the team. Even as well as play as well as he's played in New Orleans, every time he would make a shot, it would be more of a shock than him making it. The vote of confidence from Professor Joe Soros. I'm just saying. Indeed. I'm just saying. I, I think the the his 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 overall look and demeanor is really what stands out more than even his game. Well, I mean, he did win Most Improved Player for a reason. You know, his he he did he was able to develop a a little bit. He had more freedom, obviously, in New Orleans to sh- to showcase his uh, his bag than he than he did in uh, Los Angeles. And I'll tell you, what, you know, we, we talk <laughs> we talk about the mid range kind of. Joe was talking about the mid range kind of being the um, the Jurassic uh, part of the game, and he's one of the mid range kings. That he was, and he showed it off there in summer league, even in a brief time. But I'll tell you what, the roster was just unparalleled compared to what we've seen since or before at summer league. But it is the 2017 Summer League Champions, the Los Angeles Lakers. Are they indeed the greatest league of all time? Please go ahead and let us know your thoughts right below in the comments or go ahead, social media, Lakers Fast Break or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Well, class, it's been a great time just talking with you, informing you, educating you. You all get those extra credits for summer school that is greatly appreciated that will work towards your degree whether you're going ahead and planning to get a master's or your bachelor's in fine arts and lakers education truly appreciate you taking the time for stopping by but tomorrow we'll be back with more nba news and laker notes so always looking forward to that so for professor joe sorrow and professor sean grice it's dean gerald glassford thanks so much for watching listening here's hoping that you will continue your studies and that you'll continue to be a part of what we're doing right here at Lakers Fast Break University and, of course, right here at the Lakers Fast Break.